Welcome in Braves Today, bravestoday.com. He is Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor, and we keep talking about pitching this. And let's get rid of Grissom here because <laughs> that went over. Not everybody it, loved that one. No, it went, well, it went over well with some. Some agreed yeah. with us, which I was a little shocked. And then yeah. some are completely are not happy with us about that. But uh, you know what? That is what the comments are for, and we appreciate the comments that you guys leave. Continue to do that. However, Lindsay and I got to talking, and I was I was asking him. I said, "Listen, I said, can you come up with three names that are the best acquisitions that the Braves have put together over this past offseason? Because we keep talking about what we don't have. Well, let's talk about what we do have because there's signatures on the dotted line, and I think I know one. But you said I may be a little shocked at some of the people that that you came up with. So let's discuss what okay. are the top three as far as who the Braves have brought on this offseason, and why. Okay, so I think number one, probably number two as well, going to be pretty obvious. Number one to me, Jared Kelnick, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about what does Atlanta do in left field. As soon as the season was over and the reports came out, they weren't going to pick up Eddie's option. And your options were $9 million for a, what, 32, 33-year-old Eddie Rosario. Yeah. Uh, move Von Grissom out there or have to go wade into this free agent market. And we've seen guys get arguably the few outfielders that have signed, you know, like a Lords Guriel have arguably like people are getting dumb contracts in free agency. Free agency is never logical spending amounts. Nope. And instead Atlanta goes out and it, the old, the total cost for this season comes out to about $15 million, mm -hmm. but they take on bad contracts to get, five years of control of Jared Kelnick, who is still only 24 years old, still has development to be done, and is a guy that was a top 10 overall pick, like mm -hmm. very promising, uh, very promising prospect and a player that was seen as potentially being, you know, a, a five tool talent. And so to me, having a guy that you think you can play every day in left field is big, especially given the fact that even with him having four years of arbitration, uh, because he was a super two, that unless he, like, the only way he's going to be ridiculously expensive is if he has all-star slash MVP caliber seasons and you'll live with that, right? Yeah. So to me, that's an easy slam dunk number one. I will say Kelnick, and that's that's why I said that as well, number one. I think the biggest portion of that is everyday left fielder. You and I have talked about this before. When's the last time they had an everyday? Was it Ryan Klesko? Maybe. Is that, the, is that yeah. the last time that the Braves have had somebody that you knew in the lineup every day the left fielder would be this guy? And that is what you get with Kelnick. And you get it for, I, I guess, I hate to say that you get it for potential, but clearly – he was not happy in Seattle. So I think yep. that Alex Anthopoulos has found one of those guys that was in a situation that didn't necessarily fit them. He has said the right things since mm -hmm. he has had his signing about being excited to be in the clubhouse. Guys have already reached out to him, which is kind of unheard of. It's one of those more of an introduction thing, but apparently people are already talking to him and welcome to the club. Wait, we look forward to doing this. If you're in town, let's grab dinner, blah, blah, blah. And so, I think that it is something where I think he will – this is the kiss of death. I think he's going to come to Atlanta, and I think he's going to thrive off of the the family that he that is welcoming into the house because mm -hmm. he didn't have anything good to say about upper management 
He didn't throw any in of Seattle. His, in Seattle. I, in Seattle. I, he didn't throw any of his teammates under the bus, which I did like. So apparently he did like his teammates, and his teammates liked him. However, you could tell that he was not a happy camper. And I, I we've said it. We said it with Olsen. We said it with Murphy. We've said it with uh, even Lopez when he came. Guys get to Atlanta, and for some reason they get happy, and they just perform better. And yeah. I think I see that coming with Keldnick, and I could be completely off base. He may hit 220, and he may have 15 home runs, and he may strike out more than uh, you know than than uh, I don't know than Murphy did towards the end of the year, <laughs> for that matter. Then it so, looked like Olson was going to early yeah, in the year. Then it looked like Olson was going to do in the, in the first of the year, and how Murphy picked up on that end at the end of the year. So, uh, but I do, I do like the fact that Keldnick's in there, and as I said, I don't know of anybody. It's just not coming to mind since Klesko that was an everyday guy. No. Yeah. And, and it's to me, I think the biggest thing, and you, I think this is part of it with Olsen and Murphy too, is just the lower pressure in Atlanta, yeah. right? You don't have to be the guy. This is a team that has the reigning NL MVP. It has the reigning home run hitter in the, in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, it has multi-time all-stars at second and at third, uh, I mean, like, you don't have to be the dude. It has the 2021, no, 2022 Rookie of the Year in mm-hmm. uh, Michael Harris. And Center. Like, you don't have to be the guy. You can bat seventh in this mm-hmm. lineup. And I think that's just a freeing thing for a lot of very talented players is just the atmosphere that they're in. I think that's the real reason why guys do so well in Atlanta. The clubhouse stuff is great. The chemistry stuff is great. But it's the fact that this team, and we've said this before, this team's going to win 90 games with or without Jared Kelnick. You could run you or me out there in left field and they're going to win 90 games. And so I think that's ultimately the biggest thing is it lets a guy like that who has admitted being tough on himself, feeling the pressure and letting it get to him, he can just relax and play ball again. And I think that's the biggest thing ultimately. He goes from being looked at as the number six overall pick and needing to produce to now he is... Batting sixth or seventh or eighth. Batting sixth and probably not even talked about till four or five guys down the lineup because he's, you know, you're going to be, you you just call out the names of all the players that are listed yeah. ahead of him right now. So you're he, not, you're not game planning on how to beat Jared Kelnick. You're right. not when you face and, Atlanta. You're not worried about that. He He's going to get some floaters over the plate just because they don't want to face Acuna or they don't want to face Olsen or, or, or something of that nature uh, down the line. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I definitely think that's the number one. Before we get to number two, be sure to call Ford and get your own Nationwide Peak 10 illustration so you can learn how you can get 20% immediate income and account bonuses as well. Ford Stokes at ActiveWealth.com. Learn how you can work with Ford and his Active Wealth team. You'll be glad that you did. 770-685-1777. That's 770-685-1777. Ford is a guy that supports us. He loves to deal with us. He loves the Braves as well, so that's also a good thing. Love when you get a sponsor on that actually likes the team that you cover. You can also go to Active Wealth Management by going to annuity360.net. Grab your free book while you are there. All right, Lindsay, let's go over number two, which I also may be an obvious, but uh, you said still he's got to be talked about. Yeah, it to me, it's Ronaldo Lopez, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you bring him in on a three-year deal. The money escalates in years two and three. And so it tells me that there's one of two p- things in line for him. Either A, we are successful in converting him back into starting. And I wrote this up soon after we signed him. When he was a starter, before he started having vision problems, mm-hmm. he, was a, he, was a, he was a decent starter. 
He started having vision problems. He struggled. That's when they put him in the bullpen. He had laser eye surgery and was much better. So it tells me that either A, they think he can successfully convert back to starting, or B, Rizal Iglesias, when his contract is up and that significant amount of money comes off the books, they see Ronaldo Lopez as a guy that can step into that closer's role because you have AJ Minter uh, potentially leaving. He gets to free agency mm -hmm. after 2024. You have Iglesias soon after. And so you have Lopez as a guy who can either be in your rotation at a pretty good deal. I think it's like $11 million mm -hmm. or he can be a lockdown closer for you. So they obviously are high on him. You've got, again, multiple years of control, a guy that throws 98, 99 or so can, I mean, just tons of velocity. And I think his stats are better than what it showed in Chicago, because again, he was on a bad team that wasn't doing well. And it's, I don't think all of the numbers are exactly his fault, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when like three and seven with a three, two, seven ERA last year in 2022, when the White Sox were better, he had a 2.76 ERA and a whip of under one. I think that's more what he was versus what you saw last year on a bad White Sox team. I think this is the secret weapon of the pitching staff right now. And mm -hmm. the reason I say that is because of what you said. People forget he used to be a starter. He's been in the pen. He still started games before. Everybody that keeps going, trade for this, trade for that. And we did that. We said that. I said yeah. that last pod. Take Grissom, use him, try to find a starting pitcher. However, I think that this staff knows in place that you got a guy that could possibly give you a few starts throughout the season and go five and, I don't know, two-thirds, maybe go six and a third, maybe even get a full six innings out of him and then bring middle relief in in the seventh. And the velocity will still be there. As you just mentioned, I mean, he's throwing 95-plus. He will stay at that through three, four, five innings, which is huge. Yeah. And if you can get that out of a guy, then I'm not saying don't go get a starter. That's right. going to be misinterpreted, and people are going to put that down in the chat below <laughs> us and be like, I thought you got to get – no, I, I'm saying you could still – because he is he's the best of both worlds right now. They need him in the bullpen, but they also need a starter. And if they don't get that deal that you're talking about, you've mentioned before, because guys are looking to jump ship and hurry up and get in a deal before – the what is it, 4th of January, I think is cut off, if I'm not mistaken. And so, uh, if, is that right? Signing the free agent signing, is that not right? They can sign all the way up into spring training, in spring training, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and so what they're you know, what they've got to do is they've got to get if they don't get the guy that they want or the guy that makes sense, then they have. I don't want to call him a fallback plan because he still throws 98 miles an hour. So yeah, <laughs> if, if that's your, if that's your fallback plan, you're doing fairly good as far as your off season signing. So I don't know. I kind of struggle with this because he almost is a number one, just because of the dire need for pitching that we all have the, I don't know. We, we think that we need, even though we do have more pitching than we probably realize we have. Yeah. And, and I, I thought about putting him number one. And I think when you weigh out how much each guy's going to play, you know, what's mm -hmm. more valuable, 600 plate appearances from a, from an outfielder right. or 60 innings if a reliever, you know, 120 for a starter. It right. feels like the, the 600 plate appearances are more important. That's why I put him number one. But I could I could buy the argument to have him one as well. But again, I think number three is going to surprise a lot of people. All right. Well, go ahead. Hit me with it because I think it's going to shock me, too. Yeah. Um, Third base coach Matt Tuiasosopo. 
Yep, I, that is not a position player that I was planning <laughs> on picking. Okay, so all right, he, he, hear me out here. So Ron Washington leaves. He takes Eric Youngsinger with him. So we have the first base coach, third base coach are gone. Tui Asasopo, to me, there's a couple advantages to bringing him up and making him the new third base coach. The first one is he's done it before for Atlanta, right? He was the fill-in whenever uh, uh, Washington couldn't be there. Washington went to collect, uh, I think it was a Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame award last year. Mm -hmm. They called Tui Asasopo up. Uh, he's a really good coach. I mean, he's been in the minor league system with Atlanta for a few years now. But something I think, and it goes back to that last thing we talked about with the pitching, is... Uh, we used, what, 16 different starters last year. 13 starters, three relievers to open games. Uh, where have most of these guys been the last yep. year, the last few years? Dylan Dodd, Darius Vines, Alan Winans, even A.J. Smith-Shaver when he wasn't in Atlanta last year. They were in AAA. And so Tui Asasopo is a guy that has relationships with them and knows them better, arguably, than anybody else on this coaching staff at the Major League level right now. And so... That's the kind of thing when you're around a baseball player, so much of this game is, you know, from, from talking to prospects, talking to coaches and staff, so much of this game is confidence, right? It's mm -hmm. mental. Uh, obviously, you have to be able to execute your pitches, but you have to feel good. You have to be comfortable in all of that. Having a familiar face, a familiar voice, someone that they know that they've played under, that they trust, I think is a big deal. And then his knowledge of them and being able to lean over to Snitker and say, hey, He's not going to want to come out, but you need to go get Alan Winans. You need to go get Darius Vines. Hey, you need to let him go one more inning. He's got it. He's still there. Mm. I think that's incredibly valuable. And for a team that is going to, has questions about who is that fifth starter going to be. And again, if it's anything like last year, again, we used 16 different pitchers to start a game. Having somebody on the major league staff that knows them is very important. Rehab starts, too, out of position players have come under him, and he's been able to kind of coddle them and take them back into the majors. So he's already won over some veterans in the lineup. Mm -hmm. Ozzy spent some time with him because Ozzy's been so hurt as of late <laughs> over the last couple of years. So yeah. uh, he's been in the locker room with him. I'm sure more than likely, yeah, I would not put it past Snicker as well as uh, Anthopolis to go to Ozzy and say, what do you think about the guy? I mean, you know, we know what we get when we brought him up to – you know, to coach third, but you've spent weeks with him at, during yeah. your injury stints. How does he handle a, a clubhouse? How does he handle, how does he handle a player like you just said that is ticked off that you're about to take him out of the ball game? And yeah. um, Vaughn Grissom spent almost all year yes. play, playing for Tuiasa Sopo in Gwinnett last year. And so yes. another guy where we don't know what his role is going to be, but as of now, it looks like he'll have a role on this team Tui Asasopo knows him better than just about anybody else in the organization right now outside of his best friend, Michael Harris. Yeah, exactly. And Harris, the second came, came up like really fast, but he still spent some time under him. So clearly he's got the player's ear. He's got some of the pit or position player's ear. He's got some pitcher's ears. And you make a very good point that I didn't even think of it, with how many youthful guys that we're got that'll, that'll take the bump this year. Uh, he'll be able to look at Snit or look at, anybody in the in the clubhouse and go he's fine give him another inning you know or as you just said we may all think he's fine and he may say he's laboring something's got to give and got to go uh, get him yeah yeah and, and because uh, what has the, been the complaint about snit sometimes he sticks with the starting pitcher too long yes here's an here's like here's an example of uh, a coach who 
probably knows that pitcher better than Snit and can mm. go over and say, hey, you got to go get him now. Exactly. So uh, that's it. You're right. That's an interesting third. I completely went with position player, if not possible. Pitcher Who did you have? Added. Uh, I actually had Kelnick and, and Lopez. That was that was the easy two that I had right. right there. And then as far as the others, I wasn't real sure who I was going to go with three. It definitely was not going to be two of us. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you, you caught me off guard on that one. Um, I will say the one that I don't like, and I still stand by it, and this is going to really create the chats, is uh, not – not trading uh, Grissom. That would be my third is the mistake that we made. Not the, <laughs> but there's still time. There's still time. There is, there is still time. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. It's all been brought to you by active wealth and active wealth management and Ford Stokes and the crew go to annuity360.net. Grab your free book today. Lindsey, as always, I greatly appreciate your time, sir. Thanks buddy.